Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Welcome, welcome. It is Downtown, the podcast, episode number 233. Rich Kimball and Carrie Haskell with you and brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. couple of fine conversations for you this week on the podcast a little bit later on. Jim Kerr, lead man of Simple Minds for well, several decades now. Band is still going strong, has continued to have great success uh, in Europe, and they've got a brand new album coming out, new singles, sounding as good as ever. And we'll talk with Jim about that and more a little bit later on. Up first, a, a terrific tag team duo we had on the radio show a couple of years ago. And they're back to talk about the one-man show, Till Death Do Us Part, You First. It's Peter Fogel's one-man show, talking about uh, his love life, the ups and downs, and inspired by a breakup that took place on Valentine's Day, of all things. And a great story behind it, which is that uh, a number of years ago, Oscar-nominated actor, director, writer, Chaz Palminteri saw Peter's show, loved it, and remembered back to when he was struggling with his own one-man show, A Bronx Tale. And in his case, the guy who stepped up was Robert De Niro to help him out with that. And so Chaz Palminteri, trying to pay it forward, offered to a direct Peter's show, and he's doing that right now. And it's back with the upcoming off-Broadway appearances, Westchester County in New York and more. So we had a chance to get back together with Chaz Palminteri. And Peter Fogel here on downtown. Oh, by the way, Chaz had to leave <laughs> about 10 minutes into our conversation because he was on the set and they needed him for a costume fitting. We knew about this in advance, so he didn't catch us by surprise. But but you'll hear that because we, uh, we let you behind the curtain all the time here on downtown. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being back with us. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Nice to be here. Chaz, I know you, you've got to go pretty quickly because you've you got some things you have to do. So I want to ask you to, uh, to go back to when you first saw uh, Peter's wonderful show, Till Death Do Us Part, you first. Did you did you immediately flash back and, and think of what it was like when you were getting your show, A Bronx Tale, going? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I, when I saw it, I said, wow, you know, this show's got incredible potential. And uh, I just thought, hey, if I could, you know, I'd like to help him out. And I've done that over the years. I produced about, this is my third one-man show, not mine, uh, that I found. I saw somebody, I liked it, and I, I kind of directed it and produced it, you know. And so I, uh, when I saw Peter's, I just thought it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so relatable. I mean, it's about relationships and love and romance, about this guy who falls in love with this girl and she dumps him on Valentine's Day. And it's just funny. It's just really, really funny. And uh, you can see the audience just looking at each other and hitting each other, elbowing each other, you know. And and I just thought it was a great piece. And, you know, I always said Robert De Niro helped me and saw my one-man show. And, uh, and I, it, you know, it broke me. And whatever I could do to pay it forward, I, I'd be willing to do that. You know? Yeah, and when people saw Bronx Tale, everybody in Hollywood wanted the show in the movie, right. but they didn't necessarily want you. But Robert De Niro was the right. one who said, no, yo, I'll direct. You're the man. Absolutely. You know, when I, they offered me two fifty and 500,000 and then a million 
And I refused. I only had $200 in the bank. And I still refused. And then De Niro stirred, and he came backstage and said, look, you'd be great. Italian. You should write it because it's your life. And that's how the whole thing happened. So when I saw Peter's show, I just had all those memories, just like he said. And I said, gee, you know, I hope, uh, I hope uh, you know, I, I can bring good things to this gentleman because he's so damn funny. And the writing was so good. And, uh, you know, and Pete, you know, tell him, like, the things that happened to you. With the meat when I, it, yeah, you know? Chaz has been married for 30 years. So he's, he's, it, it, Chaz has been married so long, the internet wasn't even around, okay? So, like, <laughs> I tell him these stories about, it wasn't. I mean, he met his wife many years ago, and there was no internet. You met serendipitous, right, Chaz? You just right, met. Yeah, yeah. You people set you up. You go to a bar. That's what it was in, back, back in the day pre-internet. So I'm, the show talks a lot about internet dating because people, people see, like I always say, as Chaz always says, single, divorced, and devoted couples relate to it. If you've been married, you've been single, you're divorced, you're getting back into the dating game, you're looking for love, everybody's looking for that person that completes them. And what's, you know, and I tell Chaz about these stories about I go on these internet dates, and a woman, they immediately tell you right off the bat what's going on. One woman said to me on our first meet and greet, we're having cocktails and, and, and appetizers. And she goes, I just want you to know, I might as well tell you, I'm a person of interest in my ex-husband's death. But I didn't do it. <laughs> but what the and, and she just went back to eating her shrimp scampi like it was nothing. I went, excuse me? Can, can you roll that back a second? Goes, yeah, they always go back to the spouse when the husband's found. He, he fell down the stairs. I think he was drinking. I wasn't there. But you know how it is. And could you pass the salt? Sure. Here's the salt. And and I just I would tell Chaz these stories, and we just started laughing. I go, this is true. I go, I hand to God. So I put all these these dating stories of a man looking for love, because I have to go back into dating when my girlfriend, this is based on a true story, dumped me on Valentine's Day. She said to me, "What are your intentions?" I go, "Well, tonight's Valentine's Day. How about dinner and a movie?" She goes, "What are your intentions with me?" She meant marriage, and she didn't like she didn't like my answer, and uh, she she dumped me, and that's the kickoff of the show of where I'm dumped on Valentine's Day, telling the audience I can't believe she did this, and then uh, the voice of my conscience comes in, and it's Chaz who's leading me throughout the whole uh, eighty minutes of the show, telling me to get on track, or you're going to lose this girl forever, and I and and basically Chaz forces me to tell the audience about my past relationships. Because if you learn from your past, hopefully you can deal with your present and future. And that's something I have to learn in my own life that I've been, that I've been learned when relationships about. But right. luckily at the end, Chaz, it's a linear story or a story. It's a regular story where you, a beginning, middle, and an end. It's not just, you know, it's funny, but I take the audience on a journey of all my, my failed romances. And hopefully at the end, I connect with the girl that I should be with. And the right, it's not only funny. It's not only funny. It's very touching and warm. It has it has a message to it, which is really nice. You know, you know, Alfred Hitchcock used to say, "There's only three things you could do to an audience, and if you do two out of three, you got a hit." He says, "You can only make them laugh, cry, or scare them. That's it. Three things." And in uh, this show that Peter does, he he makes you laugh and he makes you cry. He might scare you in a way too. <laughs> You know, because dating, when you're older and you start to go out on dating, but it's not just for older people. Young people really get a kick out of it, too. 
I get a kick out of it. Like when you're older, you meet women, and they have, well, men too. Men and women at certain age, they have baggage. They have baggage, and that's it. Oh, you know? yeah. And, yeah. and Peter, like when you met some of those the girls with health problems, I mean, you got to tell them that. Oh, Come on. Yeah, every... I, I thought it was me. I said, what am I, and I say this in the show, what am I attracting? What am I doing wrong here? I just want to connect with the woman that gets me. I went on five meet and greets, Rich, and this is the hand of God the truth. <laughs> one woman had fibromyalgia. Another one told me she had autoimmune system disorder. A third had osteoporosis. The fourth one, she thought she had borderline personality disorder, but she actually had pre- and post-menopause at the same time. <laughs> and I'm listening to this, and I thought, after listening to all these, and they were nice women, don't get me wrong, but they just told me, and I said, I want to take out a personal ad, wanted, loving, nurturing woman whose blood work is in normal range. They all had, I go, why do you want to date? you got to take care of your health. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. You can't, and what am I going to be, a, a boyfriend or a caretaker? I didn't know what to say to them. <laughs> and it was just, and I, we put this into the show. I mean, right, Chad, truth, it's funnier than, you know, than, than fiction. I mean, right. Oh, God, yes. I mean, you know, Peter's one of those, uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, remembers everything. You know, he's he's been known to be a little tight, too. You know, Peter's a little cheap. Come on, Peter, you've got to admit it. Well, you know, he did, he, did Peter, right went on a date. Peter went on a date once, and he said, what would you like? And the girl said, I guess I'll have the lobster. And he said, guess again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't have the coupon with me, Chaz. What, I didn't have the coupon. What he told me, guess again. Yes, again. Oh, uh, yeah. Till, uh, till death do us part, you first uh, opens up off-Broadway, and that'll be uh, coming up next week at the Triad Theater in New York, November 11th and 12th, and then at the Bedford Playhouse on November 17th. And, Chaz, I understand you have a pretty good working relationship with the producer up in Westchester. Yes. My wife, Gianna, is producing that show at the Bedford Playhouse, a great place to see a show or a movie. I mean, it's just a gorgeous place. I mean, that's where we're from. We live there, and you got to come and see whether you go to Manhattan or here. It's it's a fun night, fun night of the evening. It's only eighty minutes long, and it's just no intermission, and just rock is funny, and it's uh, you know bring your date or significant other or whatever, and you'll have a great time. Listen, guys, I just got to run. They're waving me on over here. So okay, I will you, tell them. Keep going. Okay. All right. All right. Thank uh, you, thank Chaz. You. Good to talk with you again. Thank you. All right, I'm coming now. Come. <laughs> and my, and, so, Peter, I think we talked it. about this last time. How many different characters do you play in this show? Uh, God, over 15, 16 different characters. You know, I'm, I'm the touring star of my mother's Italian, my father's Jewish, and I'm in therapy, as we discussed many years ago. Uh, and I still do that show. So I learned to do all voices and characters of in Solomon's show, and I bring it to this show. There's, I, there's my demented... Um, is my father, my demented father, my evil stepmom, um, my my fiance, high maintenance Marla, uh, <laughs> all my male friends that um, you know I do my male friends, I do the women I dated, my fiance. So I'm doing so many different characters, and I'm and I'm acting with them. It's not like I'm. I also do you know monologues as these people, but I'm also having conversations with them. So. My my last Russian girlfriend Irina and I'm having a conversation, so I'm going in between, back and forth between my voice and the character of of the person I'm playing. So it's a dialogue. I'm doing. I'm having a dialogue with with myself, and uh, and Chaz is in the show as a voiceover as my my conscience. 
I, he wants me to go back and, under, you know, if you don't understand the past, you're not going to understand the present. So he's trying to keep me as the glue throughout the show. So I get to act with Chaz on stage in a voiceover, which is a lot of fun. Now, our, our producer, uh, Kerry Haskell, the last show he saw in person before COVID was your show down at Arlington, uh, down in Arlington, Massachusetts, a couple of years ago. Yes, that was the last show at the Arlington Theater at the Regent. And then after that, he said to me, we're closed. I was the last show at, in uh, of 2020 when COVID hit. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it was uh, a great, I mean, I, I hated not being able to go see theater, but it was a great way to close out. It was a great show to end on. It, it, me and my wife absolutely loved it. Uh, and oh, thank you. You should have come by and said hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should have said hello to me. I would have loved to have met you. Well, we're excited for this run in New York. Uh, what's it like to, to get that opportunity to do this off-Broadway? Uh, it is. It's a lot of fun. And here's the thing. It's at the triad. Can I give the, uh, let me give the URL. If you're going to be in New York, I'd love you folks to come see it at the... Uh, at the uh, Triad Theater in New York City. It's upper, it's off-Broadway, uh, 158 West 72nd. But if you go to www.triadnyc.com, look for my show, triadnyc.com, and here's a special code. People get 10%, over 10% off the ticket price if they go to, um, uh, if they use the code, actually put in the whole word, code 1250. Code one two five zero. Put the whole word and the number. Code one two five zero. You get a discount. I do it November eleventh and twelfth. We have a Friday night show, seven p.m. A two p.m. on Saturday and a nine thirty p.m. Saturday night. And then a week later, I do it at uh, at the Bedford Playhouse. BedfordPlayhouse.org. BedfordPlayhouse.org at the um, in Bedford, New York, which is Chaz's hometown. So his wife will uh, obviously be there, and. And Chaz and and uh, schedule promoting, schedule permitting. Hopefully, Chaz will be there too. But definitely, Chaz's wife. She's going to be promoting uh, the producer of the show. That is wonderful. And I, I guess I hope that none of those those women that you've dated show up at the performance. Well, there's a girl that I went out with um, many many years ago in New York City, and God, did I love that girl. Oh God, when you're young. I talk about in the fear when you're young and, and, and it's all hormonal or crazy stuff when you're young <laughs> and she's down in New York. I said, Julie, you have to come to the show and you have nothing to worry about. You're not in it. But she was, but my last uh, girlfriend that I had when I brought her to the show and we were still dating at the time, I go, you recognize anything? She's no, she, they don't see themselves. That's the fun <laughs> part. She, I go, really? See, that's the beauty of all these women. They've, they've given me so much. And I still love these women and like them. And But like my last girlfriend, I go, you really don't, you don't see any of yourself up there? I don't know what you're talking about. Those are obviously other women. Okay. And, and you know, all the conversation. <laughs> That's the funny part. It's like they don't get it. But, and I could say my last girlfriend was my muse because, boy, there's, there's a great character with her. So, and, and can uh, Valentine's Day ever be the same for you again? Let me tell you something. When I've been doing the show for four years, she would get angry at me, the last girlfriend I was going out with. She goes, why are we getting together? I go, I do the show on Valentine's Day, always with your show. But that's how I earn a living. It's a show on Valentine's Day. <laughs> they booked me on Valentine's Day. Exactly the argument she gave me when I did it at the region. How do you like that, When I, that Carrie saw? But the, <laughs> you, go, you don't understand. When I do get the show booked, it's usually 
a big night is Valentine's Day. <laughs> they want to book it. And, it, it. and as long as I'm doing that show, we could celebrate it after I get back. How's that? Yeah. I'm all, I'm all, a man is always apologizing, you know. I, I want to mention, too, if uh, anybody would like to know uh, where Chaz's uh, Bronx Tale yes. is touring, you can go to his website at chazpalmentary.net for more information about that. Chaz was just up in Boston selling out. He just did um, uh, the Colonial Theater. So they missed him up in Boston. But if you go to chazpalmentary.net, you can find out about Chaz's podcast that he has. It's a really great video podcast. And his whole tour schedule is there. So. You can check that out. That's awesome. And till death do us part, you first, November 11th and 12th at the Triad Theater in New York City, and then the 17th at the Bedford Playhouse. So, Peter, it's great to talk with you again. Uh, much success on the show. Good luck. Break a leg, and uh, we hope to catch you down the road. Thank you so much, Rich. Take care. Chaz Palminteri, Peter Fogel, talking about the one-man show, Till Death Do Us Part, you first. A break for a word from our friends at Cross Insurance. And when we come back, Jim Kerr of Simple Minds. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. single from the new album Direction of the Heart, the 18th album for the Scottish band Simple Minds. They formed in Glasgow in 1977. Of course, burst on the scene in America in 1985 with their number one song Don't You Forget About Me. They're still going strong and founding members Jim Kerr and Charlie Burchill still together, not only together, but both of them living most of the time in Sicily these days. We had a chance to talk with Jim about uh, the partnership, the new album, and more here on Downtown. Jim, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure, Rich. Lovely to talk to you. The new music is is so good. The great new song, First You Jump, uh, it certainly feels like it was inspired by what we've all been going through over the last few years. Yeah, you could say that. That was definitely the backdrop. Um, I mean, my generation, I suspect your, your generation will be lucky. We haven't had, you know, too many profound events, but that COVID malarkey, certainly looking back on it now. But we at least had, we had the art, we had the music to disappear into. And the challenge we set for ourselves was, I mean, the, the kind of strap line I've used that 
I recently thought that sounds like something Mel Brooks would say, where he, <laughs> we said we we tried to make a feel-good record in the worst of times. And um, what we meant was something uplifting, something energetic, something positive. And um, yeah, that's the kind of target we set for ourselves. Well, yeah, you certainly achieved that, absolutely. And the video was great, too. Uh, video was shot in Sicily, which is, is home to you and, and, and home to Charlie. What drew you there? We first came in 1982 to play, and back then, this was the Badlands. People were going, Sicily, the Mafia will get you, and <laughs> you, you don't want to be going there. They'll have guns, and there'll be a horse's head in your bed. I, I thought, oh, sounds very glamorous. Um, <laughs> we came, and we had a ball, and we've been coming ever since. And, and um, bit by bit, for me anyway, it became a home from home. And then finally, a few years ago, I thought, yeah, I'm going to make that my main main place. Charlie followed suit. Uh, um, he also, I mean, he, he lived in Rome for a long time. He speaks Italian. And uh, I don't know, it's mysterious how things work out. But um, there's nothing wrong with Scotland. But I'm just looking out at the weather here and the <laughs> sea. And um, uh, I might have a spaghetti later. I don't know. <laughs> and you and Charlie, uh, what's what's been the secret to that long collaboration? Well, I tell you what, we're very fortunate. I, I certainly feel very fortunate. I suspect Charlie does also. We met when we were eight years old, playing in the streets in Glasgow. We, we you know, we lived in the same street. Um, I remember Charlie getting his first guitar. I remember it because he was the only guy we knew that had a guitar. I also remember that after a few months, he seemed to be able to play any tune. Um, going into the teenage years, like everyone else at school, we got into music, going to see bands and buying albums. And then it was only a matter of time. Let's see if we can start our own band. And lo and behold, here we are still sort of, um, still trying to work on that. <laughs> We're talking with Jim Kerr of Simple Minds here on Downtown. Uh, the album coming soon called Direction of the Heart. And, and the first single you released uh, was so good, uh, Vision Thing, which which I understand was inspired a lot by uh, spending some time with your dad at the end of his life. Yeah, that's right. When I, that passed away during the, the record. When I tell, I'm laughing because when I tell people I've written a song, they're expecting some wistful ballad. Or, or, but instead, we've come up with this punchy, uh, we just played it live, people jump up and down. I don't think they, they're not aware of what's going on in this song. But but that's that was Dad, you know, he was this ball of energy. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have wanted anything that was... Um, too self-conscious or, or, or that. Um, so the songs of praise, not only to him, but to his generation that kind of showed us the way. Um, and uh, I have to say, it's, uh, yeah, it's getting a great reaction. And, and he was pleased to see you achieve the success that, that you thought you would have. Well, there was one thing he wasn't pleased about, and I got to tell you, was that dad, my dad was a construction worker, you know, it wasn't like he was some rich guy, but he gave us the first hundred pounds to start the band and till his last day he kept saying to me when am i getting it back and <laughs> and, and um, fortunately he didn't get it back but that's the way things go uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, but he gave us that money and he was always around and involved people he was easy to have around because people loved him and uh, he could talk to anyone and 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 he was interested um, um so yeah yeah, quite a character. 
Well, how have you guys over the years been able to, uh, in many ways, live in two musical worlds that anybody who listens to a Simple Minds album, you can hear the traces of what we first heard more than four decades ago now, and yet still say, stay new and fresh and contemporary. Well, again, that's, that is, there's a sweet spot. And if you can do all the things that you, you said there, then that's, that's where we want to be. Um, having said that, it's easier said than done. Um, but there is a culture to the band. And I'd like to think it's the same with all, you know, the good artists. They have their themes. They have their culture. And you kind of, you know, you stick with that. That's your DNA. But you also try and bring in some of the, some of the, hopefully some of the wisdom that you've picked up along the way. I mean, we just see the band. It's, 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 more, than, it's more than a band. It's been our lives. It's a story of our lives. And every album really is feels like a new chapter and it refreshes everything that went previously well and it sure sounds like on the singles we've heard from the new album that you guys were having a lot of fun making it well we were i mean you know it's called playing music and i don't think i don't think we've ever lost the playfulness yeah there's been times when it's been harder than others sometimes you lose your mojo sometimes you don't feel um um you know you're just not you're not there but you get through it. I mean, we still feel profoundly lucky, fortunate to have had what is essentially a life now out of something that, um, well, we say, there's a caveat, but we always say, we would pay you to let us make music. <laughs> then we remember we're Scottish. So, uh, <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> I have to ask the the song that first uh, drew you to uh, people's uh, attention to you here in the states. Of course, uh, don't you forget about me and uh, uh, the great use in the film. Was there any reluctance at the time to let Hollywood have your song? Well, it was actually it was, it was the other way around. I mean, what happened was they wanted Simple Minds, and you know, we thought our record label, all the great people at AM Records. I'd said this would be great, you know, it'll set things up for your new album whenever it comes. And we said, great, great, great. And they said, okay, they will send you the song. And we went, what song? Uh, we, we write our own songs. And they said, but yeah, but this song, they want your sound. But this song, the lyrics have been written to go with the script. And we said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. And it wasn't until we finally met um, the director, John Hughes, great guy and a real music fan, and the producer, co-writer, Keith Forsey. I think we liked them more than we liked the song. <laughs> but, you know, we went in and we collaborated and we came up with this thing. And God, thank God we did, because the song has given so many people so much pleasure over the years. And, and you know, we, we sometimes... What is it, what's that phrase they say, don't look a gift horse in the mouth? Well, that was certainly a gift horse. So what's it like to be able to get back out there and be playing for live audiences again? Well, you know, we we see ourselves as a live band first and foremost. So when that was taken away, it was difficult, difficult for us, difficult for the crew, difficult for everyone who were live music is such a big, big part of our lives. So it was it was double sweet to get back in. You could feel that extra. I mean, we are lucky. Everywhere we go, there's always a great vibe at the gigs. But there certainly was an extra freeze on, you know, people getting their lives back together. 
Well, uh, Jim, you guys sound better than ever. Uh, the new music is great. It's so good to have new Simple Minds music, and we really appreciate you making some time for us today. We wish you continued good luck and success. All the best. Very kind. Bye-bye. That's Jim Kerr from Simple Minds talking with us about Direction of the Heart, the brand-new album from the band. Our thanks to Jim. Thanks to Chaz Palmentary and Peter Fogel, and to you as well for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Downtown.